my name is Mary Lake. I'm the host of this year podcast and I just feel like boring people today. Like I just feel like saying the <laughs> being as unentertaining as possible. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, point is this week I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't feel like researching. I didn't feel like sitting and doing truth line. I just felt like sitting down and talking. And it's not because I waited until the eleventh hour to record. No, it's <laughs> I planned this. This was <laughs> no, it was it was not intentional. But yeah, hi guys. I hope you're all doing good. Um, I asked this because I'm not doing. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, this week is a very different week because I'll be talking about some observations I've had in the past week. I know how many observations can you have in the first week of the second semester back at university? Maybe like how many? The answer to that is a lot. And that is because this semester, I have so many modules that um, like that make me think a lot. And not this, not in the sense of like in a good way. Not in the sense of, wow, this, I love this. It's like, damn it, this sucks. And like every, so many things that I've learned so far have just made me like, develop like a deep understanding not really a deep it's only been a week an understanding of why so many people feel this like deep hatred for lawyers or legal practitioners in general and um usually it's because of that whole thing of like uh, lawyers lie but i feel like somewhere in people's psyches in their subconscious minds it's not because they think that lawyers lie it's because they understand that Lawyers wield the law to, they wield the the law as a weapon against so many marginalized or otherwise um, powerless people. And it's just, these modules have just brought that (laughs) to like the front of my mind. Because like for the first year and six months of this degree, I could delude myself. Right, like we had such, um, such the, the like modules that really painted the law as a profession, as a branch of the government, um, not really the law, like the judiciary, <laughs> the branch, but like they painted it as this beautiful, like, um, almost is what ethereal. Like I want to use big words because they are running in my mind. But the problem is, I use big words, but I know I'm not using them in the right context. But like, they have this almost like a mystical feel to them, right? We had so many beautiful like phrases, like transformative constitutionalism, like, um, um, like um, I forgot the word, but like taking context, um, like natural laws, like these beautiful words with such beautiful meanings, and behind the beautiful words is just a facade for the filth that is the actual law and it's like these modules have just you had in jurisprudence like such fascinating detailings of how the constitution is the bridge between the past and of like evil and the future of like greatness and obviously at the time I was already skeptical of that but like now (laughs) when you're studying public law it's like ugh and then um in the, we had also like I keep saying this because I think it makes me so special. 
and I had sociology and it made me aware of certain social issues. Um, yes, now I'm special again because I did sociology at the first level. <laughs> but my point is like, it just makes you aware of this stuff and it just, it made you feel like, I don't know, it, it, it felt nice to learn that even though the content sucks, right, you're learning about, okay, not really sucks, but you're learning about so many systemic issues and it's not great. But to be able to be aware of that is f- interesting. We had um, family law, right? Which is like obviously with other aspects of family law, it's like, oh man, this sucks. Um, but in others, it's great, right? We had also the law of persons. That one was fun because it was an easy pass. <laughs> okay. <let's- laughs> we also had Roman law. I hated Roman law, but um, the words are interesting. They are funny. And my lecturer who taught Roman law was a fun person, so that was also fun. And, like, they... And then in this year, we had, um, in the first semester, we had African customary law, which infuriated me, but I love being angry, so it's okay. (laughs) Because you just learn about the different ways that African customary law has been filthied by all these different colonizers and settlers and uh, synonyms for the children of chalk <laughs> so it's just that was also fun and then contract law more generally was interesting at least if nothing else all these different things that just felt so fun to learn because they didn't feel like they had weight like they have weight obviously right because like in family you learn about divorce and marriage in law of persons you learn about when you are a person and when you stop being a person and and then jurisprudence just presents all of these ideas of fake social contracts that don't exist except in the minds of uh, people who want to subjugate others. But like, um, it felt inconsequential for me for some reason. I don't know why. But I, I know they are obviously consequential, but it didn't feel that way to me. And the first time I felt myself being truly angry at the content I was being taught was with constitutional law which is taught in the first semester because i just heard all of these words and i just felt like but this is not what's happening right or i felt like this is a check this is this we do this this way to do this but i'm like but that's a lie you're not you're saying that you're doing this for this outcome but that's not true that's a lie (laughs) right or at least it feels like a lie to me because guys i feel like let me not let me not do that thing where i'm like really and like whatever i'm (laughs) let me just i'm delirious guys this is when i don't have a script i am so boring it's fine i don't know how people deal with me but my point is that was when i first felt that seed of like fury at the content i was being taught both because it misconstrues reality but also because it does so with, like, in some, in, like, this weird combination of, like, so flagrantly, but also, like, it tries to hide it. So, like, they use terms that won't be accessible to, like, people, like, the laymen and whatnot. But when you just read the stuff carefully and you understand the terminology being used, you see that, Evan, you're not even hiding this, actually. You're just hiding it in plain sight. So it's like, yeah. And now we finally come to the point, which is what I'm doing this semester. We have consumer law, which is like, 
the law of uh, the relationship between okay not really the the relationship but like a consumer basically is like the person there's a definition i have not studied the definition yet but like it there's a consumer and there's a supplier so a consumer is just someone who buys stuff <laughs> basically who like consumes something literally it's in the name i don't know why i'm explaining this to you as if you guys can't literally context to your like what I'm underestimating both of our intelligence, as you can see. But yeah, so that is that, right? And then we also have specific contracts. And then we have also the law of succession. And oof, and we also have public law. Then we have legal practice. Legal practice is just annoying because the lecture is boring and the stuff itself is boring. And we have to draft the freaking letterhead. And it's going to have to be group work. Oh, gosh. Hey, loses to stuff. But yeah, so my point is like these are like the ones I hate are just the four here. And I'm going to explain why right now. So with the law, with consumer law in particular, like the content itself has just been making me feel like this weird in my heart. You know when like in your heart you feel like this sense of like tension, like something is pulling and you don't know how to describe it. It just feels like this pulling. Because you like something does not make any sense to you. And it's because of like I was listening to the how do I explain this? Okay, I wanna I wanna illustrate this by means of like a case we have to read, right? And the case is Escom versus some some I think the person is Halstead. It's 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 a it's a name with a dash in the middle, but there's a house deed there. And in this case, basically, right, there was this other man who was going on a riding his bicycle with his friends, and one of the wires was a low hanging wire. And then as he was driving, <laughs> do you drive a bicycle? No, you don't. <laughs> riding his bicycle, he ran into the low hanging wire and he got electrocuted, and he had severe burns, and he had to go to hospital, and he had a huge hospital bill. So he decided to take Escom to court, right? And long story short, the court decided that um, oh yeah, he wanted to take Escom to court for them to pay damages for his like hospital bill. I'm not sure actually if for his hospital bill. I'm not kidding. Okay, they didn't say for what in that case, but he wanted to take Escom to court for like to pay damages. And then the court concluded, um, okay, but okay, in this in this case right his argument was that escom as a supplier of electricity um is obligated to protect his interest as a consumer so that is an important thing to keep in mind because we're in the ambit of consumer law right so that was the main argument he presented to the court right like i'm oversimplifying things there's obviously other aspects and um the other things that i'm omitting just because like i haven't drilled them in my head yet but like that's basically the overarching idea then the court decided that escom would not be made to pay damages because in this context escom is not the supplier and because this guy is not was not consuming electricity at the time right he was just riding his bike and got electrocuted so technically escom cannot be held liable because it was not um, he didn't get hurt in his capacity as a consumer of the electricity that they provided. So in this case, like the way that I understand it, it the way that 
house deed could have won the case is if he had gone and sued or like taken the municipality to court instead of escom because again it's the municipality in charge of like the wires and stuff and they can be like wow your negligence led to being harmed then there won't be that question of a consumer because like it's just now um upkeeping the community and stuff now it's a responsibility of the municipality obviously but like that is like the one the thing that i wanted to bring up to you and i had this conversation with my boyfriend yesterday and i just wanted to say to it say it again because like i feel like more people should just hear my thoughts in this regard because it just annoyed me so much because i was sitting there and i was like this person this man if i remember correctly please don't take my word for it though because again i'm delirious and (laughs) and i i haven't memorized it properly but i i stand to be corrected but this case went all the way up to the constitutional court so house deed obviously has money because to go to the constitutional court you have to have money in your pocket or you have to have the backing of someone with money in their pocket right and so i'm not saying that like i don't know how much i say that i personally sympathize with him but one thing that i find fascinating is that technically someone should be held liable for this person getting harmed because it was someone's negligence that led to a person getting harmed but because this person wasn't there in their capacity as a consumer they are going to court against someone as a capacity supplier and now they did not get justice they didn't add justice for far as administered right and i just like it's just been such a like a big thing to me for a while now like how often it was drilled into our heads the importance of administering justice the importance of taking in context the importance of reading in deep meaning into the legislation into that that promoting the spirit and purpose of the bill of rights right that that how important that is and i just i just like i i want to say it's the word bulk you see here me trying to infiltrate some big words <laughs> I just bulk. I hope I'm using this correctly. I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm not talking about macro here, but I I bulk at like um now I've lost my train of thought. I just am annoyed by the fact that now justice the administration thereof is being hindered by um small technicalities. But I guess like law and here now technicality I guess is like um is doing a lot of heavy lifting. But I'm just thinking that like. First of all, the uh, the, the, the lawyer this person went through probably failed him because why did they allow him to go against ESCOM, right? Cause, and then you think again, like, like it just, I don't know how, to, I'm hopeful that I'm articulating this properly, but I don't know if maybe I am excessively idealistic or something, but... Shouldn't there be more of an emphasis on giving people justice in this context? Like, why would the whole entire case be dismissed? Because this person wanted to take ESCOM and make ESCOM pay damages as a supplier. Instead of, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like a thing that made me sit there and be like, yo, yeah, ne. And it doesn't end there. And then now I'm going to talk about a different module. The one I 
thought I wouldn't actually mention, but it's not because I have a gripe with it personally. It's just something that the lecturer brought up. So I know that I think you guys are probably familiar with legal aid, right? If you aren't, um, you can Google because <laughs> I don't know. Legal aid is just like basically the state's, um, the state's lawyers. Like when I say like yeah, so legal aid basically yeah, they represent um people who have who make before taxes and such less than six thousand rands. That's what that guy said, and I'm gonna take his word for it, right? People who make less than six thousand rands. And then he was saying that in order to be represented in court then through legal aid, first of all you have to stand in that big, big line. The line for legal aid is like Sasa on steroids just to get a lawyer and to be brought before the court. But that's a conversation for another day. And then on the other hand, that's how poor people get into court. Then on the other hand, we have rich people who can go to court wherever they want, whenever they can, because they can afford the lawyers. And then that means already the rich on the side have representation. The poor on the side have, although it's obviously very lackluster, assemblance of representation. But in the middle, we have that missing middle class. And we can talk for a long time about whether or not the middle class exists. Like technically, when you're thinking with like the Marxist and Leninist lens whatever then middle class is like just the class to meant to make you feel like you're in a better position than the lower class when you're really not you're also still being oppressed but like i'm saying for the sake of like analysis in terms of just a person's gross income then the middle class right is left alone left stranded because let's say for instance you make twelve thousand rand a month you can't you won't be allowed to get legal aid but you definitely can't afford a lawyer so what happens to you? And I found that very interesting as well. With this idea that once you're able to accumulate more resources, more capital than another group of people, then it's almost as if you are expected to be... What can I say? You are expected to be able to... I don't want to say do more, but... You expect it, you expect, it's almost as if now with that little, that more that you have, that you must bridge the, gra- the gap between extreme poverty and exorbitant wealth. Because 12,000 rand is not far off from 6,000 rand, but it's a mile away from what <laughs> the upper class, upper middle class is making, right? So it's as if because you have this little more now, you don't, you're undeserving of state um, protection, but you're still too far away from being lifted up by the bootstraps of um, too much money. And I found that, again, interesting, like, administration of justice in this regard. Because um, I guess it's common knowledge at this point that, like, in South Africa, and across the world, actually, the middle class, in quotation marks, is just slowly disappearing, and we're just having just pure two poles, the poor and the rich. Just simple. There's no longer that fake middle, false middle, which is basically didn't really exist in the first place. But as long as the false middle is just very clear that wealth inequality that exists between the two like groups of people. And wait, what was I getting at? I keep losing <laughs> this is how you but like my point is just like it's just so clear again that there is such a huge disparity between who can and cannot get justice given to them. 
and even though again i want to emphasize with like legally being available to poor people even though it's there it's so bad <laughs> like you know and then now the middle class people now must just hope and it's this this lower middle class must just hope that they'll get like a, a lawyer having to do pro bono work to like save them from their troubles and i i just it just i just find that interesting okay not interesting i just i feel like it's such a cop-out i keep saying whenever i don't know how to explain how i feel about something i just say it's interesting because what else can i say hmm? yeah and now we go to the law of succession honestly the law of succession is fascinating it's so much fun um simply because like First of all, the stuff is really straightforward. <laughs> it's unlike... To what I, I'm saying this now, it's maybe because I read through the entire textbook over the holiday. That probably helped. But also because, like, the lecturer that we have is so, like... is so enthusiastic. It's always so fun to see people be enthusiastic about stuff. Um, so, hey, what I... One thing that I was... That stuck out to me is, like, when he spoke about... Like, how in South Africa, once your estate... So, let's just give some definitions. Like, the estate in this regard, it's not like the gate <laughs> and the people living behind the boom gate. <laughs> no, an estate is just, like, the stuff you have. So, your car, your house, any money, investment, anything that has a monetary value or could have a monetary value is your estate. Then we have the deceased, which is a dead person. A testator is the deceased is the person who's making a will a will a will is a long explanation even the definition that i can give you you should i let me just give it because you'll see now it's like it's best to just run around with whatever comes to mind when you hear it's a will so a will is a unilateral declaration of a uh, testator's wishes in terms of which they devolve their state Ah, gosh, guys, I've already forgotten the definition. None for me, please. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, say I, I, gosh. But yeah, my point is just like with this one. What I found interesting is like once your estate has more than a certain amount of money in it, then you have to pay like the person. So let's say, for instance, me, I give my, I leave my estate to my Tupperware bottle, right? After my Tupperware bottle dies, then a certain percentage of it will be given off to the state for taxes. And then he complained about this because he was like, why should something that I worked so hard for be taken over to the state in taxes? And it just made me think about, like, first of all, just how a lot of the time people who have a lot of money whenever they complain about having to pay taxes it's never because they're like i pay taxes but it's not going where it's supposed to it's always why should the money that i worked for be going to someone who didn't work for it which is i feel like the most annoying argument in the world because the only a person who is making a certain amount of money does not do any work like it's not work no matter how much they try to convince you it is it's not thank you case closed but like it fascinates me how it's because they think that someone undeserving of their money is gonna get it and i just 
it makes me feel very icky inside very icky but actually but still like i actually enjoy that um module because i don't know like it's just it's just so interesting seeing all the connections the ways are fun there's delicio there's ds kedit there's ds venit there's successio extestatum i love it i love it i was studying it this morning so i can think of so many words off the top of my head but for some reason not will it's a unilateral declaration <sighs> of metastatus wishes in terms of which they um determine how the estate will devolve upon their death to the <laughs> guys whatever i don't know what i'm embarrassing myself now yeah and now the final module i want to talk about is constitution no not constitution it's pu- public law so the thing that really annoyed me is like it was what was also annoying me about constitutional law itself specifically is like this weird emphasis of like how government is divided into three branches and how there's so many checks and balances so i've said this before but i'll just say it again um south africa has something called Theas politica or the separation of powers principle which basically means that government is divided into three separate and independent branches the executive which is the president and cabinet or i think it's i'm not sure if it's the president the whole cabinet or just the president and vice president and then we have the judiciary which is the courts and the legal practitioners lawyers and then we have the legislature so it's parliament it's provincial legislatures all those things and then there's this constant idea of how much these branches are so separate and so independent and like there's checks and balances to make sure that like there is no thing of power being centralized in one body so in south africa before um 1994 we had something called a supreme parliament or parliamentary supremacy which basically means that the parliament are supreme <laughs> so basically the parliament just decided everything they were the last guard dog for everything what they said goes right so because of that that basically means that the last guard dog of whatever goes on in the country was the legislature and then now we have something called constitutional supremacy which basically means now because of the, con- the constitution that people who are in charge of interpreting the constitution are the courts so last guard dog for the constitution is the courts the judiciary so you see how that is different and the judiciary is not elected by south africans it's elected by the president um at least the chief justice and such i'm not sure about all the other judges how they are being put on post to work i don't know whereas with a parliament if nothing else it's voted into by the people themselves so i think to myself how can you speak of like um power not being centralized in a specific body when it is going to be centralized by in general because first of all a court is so small right and the decision of in particular the constitutional court is final right and only a handful of people play a hand in the appointments of judges is that not some sort of a centralization of power 
the fact that maybe the power is not centralized in the judiciary itself directly, but it is decentralized in the people who elect it, elect them. And then there's a thing that people say where like in in any case, like the judiciary's um role to play in like social justice and improvement of people's lives is very limited. The people who really play a huge hand in um the actual goings on of the country, the executive branch, the legislature, right? They are the very important part. But I think to myself that like even though they've created like a facade of dividing up the government into different branches, at the end of the day, power is still centralized in one body. Right? It's just that this body is pretending at it as if it's separate. Right? Because the fact that an executive, the president, is the one who presides over the appointment of the chief justice, the highest judge in the whole of South Africa. I asked myself, then how do we, how do we separate this very practice from centralization of power in the hands of that group of people? And I think to myself again that um, checks and balances again, even if a judge, I mentioned this in the last episode, even if a judge commits some sort of a crime, the people who will then decide if this person should be arrested, if they should, whatever should happen, are again judges and what happens, right? <laughs> Do they actually ever get declared? No, they don't. So it's just something that I find so fascinating. And I find one thread that I find so interesting is like the way that they emphasize how much the judges are impartial and independent and yet they're also expected to purport the bill of rights and all its associated things and they're also expected to take context into account but it's like it's like in so doing it kind of makes it a problem because how can you be impartial but at the same time, consciously be um, trying to implement a very particular kind of politic. I hope that makes sense. I hope <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm genuinely just... Uh. And then another thing was like, we had a talk of diversity and its role in the courts. And... For that, I feel the same way about the diversity in a uh, big company or diversity in a, yeah, like, 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 I don't feel like, I don't feel like just because the judge in the constitutional court is a black woman, that that will necessarily improve the Again, using a big word unnecessarily, but then the plight of black women across the country. Just because this one black woman has reached such a huge stage does not mean that everyone else's life is going to improve, right? And um, it's been shown a lot of the time that their presence in the court does not necessarily even improve the... mean that even the way that they judge the cases in front of them will be more... Um, geared towards improving the people in the court themselves so let's say for instance the person in front of them is like a woman um you would still find that like 
their decision ends up not being helpful towards women which makes me think again like about this weird um thing that people do in a society where they expect women black women in particular to just because of our shared experience of this and this type of oppression to just be empathetic towards each other's struggles and i don't think i've ever seen that happen with many other like races and gender not races and genders yes like black people as a whole generally face this we are supposed to like care about others um black people because we are black women because we're women and i guess i understand it but um it's also like unhelpful because you put this person in this position and they end up not doing what you expect them to and they're not really obligated to do it in any case right like i hope I'm, i'm not saying that like we should adopt a politic of like not caring for each other that's definitely what, not what I'm advocating for. I'm just saying that we end up being disappointed and we end up moving backwards because we accept, expect people to care about us just because they look like us. Um, and that's usually not the case, right? Like, just because a CEO is black doesn't mean that they will suddenly mean the, 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 um, Let's say, for instance, the CEO of a company that uses sweatshops somewhere in um, Pakistan, that, oh, a black person, a person of color, then now that just because of their virtue of, like, their um, shared otherness, that now the black CEO will be like, I care about the Pakistanis. I'll make sure that their plight is improved. No, that's not necessarily going to happen. And um, something that I, you know, kind of have to accept um yeah yeah i don't really think i have any more thoughts um the only other thing that i have to say is like even when they talk about these diversity things um it's like there's this thing that white people do like there was a white person in the class who mentioned this she was like i'm okay with there being diversity in courts as long as the people elected are competent and that annoys me because no one ever questions the competency of uh, judges when they are the full bench is white why is that never a question brought up i just hate that that is definitely a dog whistle <laughs> why is that always a point of conversation when then there's, there's like any talks of diversifying anything actually or like wow will the people be competent stop we know why it happens obviously but it's just annoying um and i understand that there's an overarching like system that makes it so that people think this way but Look, guys, I just want to not be critical. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm still being critical. But I just don't want to think about the bigger picture for once. I just want to look at the at the small tree instead of the big woods. Yes. So, at the beginning of this episode, I said that the episode's going to be very boring. And I did not disappoint. <laughs> yes, Um. I... This is how I... You guys have... I don't know if this is how I always am in episodes. And maybe I'm just like not self-aware to realize that this is how i always speak what if i'm genuinely being like this because this is how i normally speak with like people so i don't know if you guys have liked this i hope you do uh i appreciate you being here thank you for if you've listened to the whole thing first of all why (laughs) why would you do that to yourself second of all thanks um (laughs) 
ish guys sometimes i kind of wish that i didn't have this weird panic for being on camera my face on the internet because i would just show you guys my face because i swear like i feel like a lot of the jokes that i made would look so good on camera because they require my facial expressions i have a very expressive face and they also require like those little green things you put on the camera hmm. when i think guys look i'm delirious now it's one o'clock it's got up past one really <sighs> thank you for being here i appreciate you stay safe and do the dooby-doo bye-bye guys Mwah.